0: Hello and welcome on in to Stacking Dubs. This is your host, Chris Chin. I'm happy to report the stacking continues. Warriors win their second straight game on the road in New York. 110-99 against the Knicks at Madison Square Garden in front of a big crowd on TNT. Impressive performance by the Warriors, although not without its hiccups. Warriors improved to 31 and 27. They drop in the standings by decimals because the Lakers also won and they dropped to 10th. However, we are now within three games of the coveted sixth seed in the West, only three and a half games back of fifth. The Warriors, the only team in the NBA with a double digit win total in the month of February with 11. Great month for the Warriors. We'll turn the calendar, turn the page to March, where we hope to continue tonight against the Toronto Raptors. Warriors have won 12 of their last 15, and perhaps most impressively, the seven straight road games. Absolutely love to see what we're doing. Great focus on the road. If you remember last year, we just could not win a game on the road. So it seems that's very much a culture thing. Great culture this year, team genuinely seems to like being together, great chemistry, and it's being reflected in our road strength. I don't know how much I'm contributing to this uh, on a personal level. This was the fourth game that I either couldn't or forgot to wear Warriors gear. I have no excuse for this one. I rushed back from home from work and just forgot to put on my Warriors gear. But in those four games, the Warriors are 4-0. So I don't know what to do, guys. Do I not support my team and by supporting it? Or do I do the opposite and wear Warriors gear? I don't know what to do. However, if I forget again, I'm not going to stress it. Well, Warriors, almost another near collapse. 17-point lead in this one. We already know the statistics. We've blown seven straight leads. Sorry, not seven straight, but seven games a season, up 15 points or more, leads the NBA. Went up 14-0 in this game. Again, eventually had a 17-point lead that that shrank to as much as four at one point. There's a moment in the fourth quarter where the Knicks were on a 7-0 run and we get a Klay Thompson behind the back pass, which I have never even seen before. Terrible turnover. Leads to an easy layup on the other end. Lead shrinks to, I think it was six at that point. Uh, Eventually gets as low as four. But re Steph Curry, and the Warriors are able to survive and hang on for the win. Curry was great in this one. 31 points, and most impressively, 10 rebounds, seven of which he had in the first quarter alone. Uh, they had him at eight at one point, and he's on a 32-rebound uh, pace, but they took it away, and, well, he only had a couple more rebounds for the game. He had eight three-pointers in this game. He is the only player to have 30 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 threes in both a postseason game and a regular season game. Interesting. And, well, it was Curry's lucky day because I have a friend I went to UCLA with, shout out Liam, was sitting courtside, lives in New York, sitting courtside, huge Warriors fan. Somehow he's wearing a green shirt, which I think both teams would agree that no one can wear green if you're a Knicks fan or a Warriors fan. But nevertheless, he's wearing a green shirt. After the game, Steph Curry's doing the rounds and he gives Liam a fist bump, gives him his dap, gives him some props, I would just die. If that was me, I don't know what I would do if Steph Curry gave me a fist bump in person. I do know I would never wash that hand again, first and foremost. I I would laminate that hand and, and figure out what to do next. Which leads me to my question of all of you is, what would you do if you met Steph Curry in public? So not, not after the game or anything like that, but I don't know. Say so you're stuck in an elevator and it's just you and Steph in there and you got, whatever, 10 floors to go. Would you start a conversation with him? Would you just like discreetly bust out your phone and take a picture I would, I think I would say something. I mean, I, I you tend to leave athletes and celebrities alone. I respect their privacy. Um, but Steph's kind of one of those Michael Jordan situations where you almost have to say something. Uh, like LeBron James would be the same. I think I would say something, but to what extent and what do I say other than that I'm a huge fan and now I have a podcast and wow, I'm super cool. Um, uh, but I don't know. I, 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 there's other people that I know would say, oh, I would like, fake a heart attack or fake a seizure, <laughs> let Steph Curry be a hero and, and make the news and just have a story with him. I don't know what i do. Think about what you you guys would say, do, because that moment may happen and you don't know what and how you're going to act. So be prepared, guys. That's my point. Um, On that note, you might you might have a, a few first-time listeners. I told Liam and a couple of other friends I might do a segment on him, and I'm going to make sure that uh, that he listens to those podcasts. Uh, so welcome on in, Liam. DK, all these guys, I just realized that my podcast is for real. And I appreciate all you returning listeners. Uh, I've been, I can see the geographic stats on where people are listening from. Um, So I just want to give a little shout out, uh, much uh, gratitude, appreciation. We have a a couple listeners internationally, uh, a few from Indonesia and Malaysia. I think we have a couple from France that have been back for multiple episodes. So I just want to say, I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Continue to, to check back in. I know it's hard to, to listen to every episode, but don't forget about me. Check on in at whenever you're uh, you're getting an itch in your day to just listen to some Warriors, uh, and I appreciate you guys. All right, back to the game, though. Steph Curry, great game, but my player of the game goes to none other than Jonathan Kaminga. Yes, Kaminga has been the difference in a lot of our wins in, in February. 25 points in this one, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, on the defensive end, he had two steals and two blocks, making an impact on both sides of the court. He was 12 of 19 from the uh, from the field. Who can do quick math percentage? That is 63%. I already used my calculator earlier. I cheated. Uh, but 63% from the field, which on 19 shots, you will take that. That is as productive and efficient as you're going to get. Draymond Green, after the game, says, "You know, Dre's been getting a lot of credit for our recent wins and and really just turning things around since he returned. But the credit goes to the growth of Jonathan Kaminga, and really, I think the the most important part of that is the rim pressure that Kaminga provides in terms of attacking the hoop, getting into the paint, just providing pressure on the rim. The Warriors." Are dead last in the NBA in terms of shots at the rim. They currently attempt 27% of their shots at the rim. And I think that's about 6% below the league average. So they're they're a far ways off in terms of penetration and getting to the hoop. Tonight, in big part thanks to Jonathan Kaminga, they had 58 points in the paint. We will live with that. Um, And with that, obviously, you know, Kaminga will get to the line a lot. Take your free throws, which we didn't shoot extremely well from the line. But you can see how important it is to get easy buckets, especially when the three point shot's not falling like it wasn't tonight. I think the Warriors shot about 31% from three. Most importantly, it gives them, Kaminga gives them an isolation score, which Wiggins hasn't been able to really provide as much as we had hoped, to, as in past years. But it's also being able to score from the inside gives us an inside-out passing attack. The Warriors are one of the most unique teams because they have really just run an outside in, where teams are chasing them off the three-point line, and then their release is back cuts and, and just kind of working outside in. Now we kind of have more of what the modern NBA really is when you look at, like, these passing bigs. You look at your Jokic's, your Embiid's, even your Sabonis's. You know, the ability to command extra attention, double teams, help defenders when you get down low, but then you are able to release and pass to shooters to uh, to scold them and to punish them for overhelping down low. So Kaminga's giving us a bit of that. He's able to get to his spots, And win one-on-one, and as more help comes, that's when we're getting releases to some of these three-point shooters. Not as much tonight, but that really is the evolution of how this offense is going to work, especially down the stretch where we can't just rely on Steph Curry isolations or pick and roll. We need another option until Jonathan Camingo becomes a better shooter. He's a good isolation scorer, but we can't just rely on him being only a scorer. It's that important being able to distribute from down in the post and get to spots. That's really going to give us that next wrinkle in our closing lineup. Speaking of the closers, so in this one, interestingly enough, we chose to effectively close with a lineup of Steph, Kaminga, Dre, Chris Paul was in there, and then Moses Moody. And we'll talk about each of Chris Paul and Moses Moody real quick. So Chris Paul... Good game, 11 points, six assists and four steals, back-to-back games with four steals for him. Chris Paul really does give us that second option ahead of a Jonathan Kaminga isolation. Just that Chris Paul, keeping your dribble alive, just repetitive pick and rolls until you get matchups you like. He, last option, you know, he's getting to that mid range where he's a good high percentage field goal percent shooter from that elbow. But most importantly, he's finding ways to get shooters open and just finding good looks for others. Whether it's a lob at the hoop, it's finding an open shooter on the wing, or again, just getting to that that elbow and just burying it himself. I think that's going to yield better field goal percentage than isolation um, next to Steph Curry taking whatever shot he wants. I do believe that that's going to hopefully fill the void for a second score that the Warriors have been lacking in the clutch. Unless Jonathan Kaminga has it going or unless Klay Thompson or Wiggins has it going, CP3 is going to get us the most consistent good looks as a distributor. Perhaps almost next most importantly is that he is a second ball handler down the stretch when Steph's tired and we just need a change up like we've talked about. Draymond Green is typically at that second ball handler but that's in like our motion offense. That's where Draymond has the ball at the top of the key. And you have Steph and Clay running off screens, back cutting. I love the motion offense, but we've learned that in clutch moments when the D de- the defense is set in the half court, uh, they're not going to, the defense isn't going to get hit by as many back cuts or breakdowns in defense. The motion offense really preys off of defensive mistakes not switching off ball, uh, and Steph kind of gets loose for shots. That doesn't happen down the stretch, which is why it's hard to have Draymond on ball. That's why you see so much pick and roll in, in these clutch situations, and Chris Paul provides that second ball handler and just a different wrinkle and look out of that offense down the stretch. So over to Moses Moody. Drew his second start in a row. Andrew Wiggins missed his second game due to personal reasons, I think. We're not even going to get into it. We're going to respect his privacy. But I think we all know that we have no idea how long he might be out for it. Last year, he was out for a couple of months, I believe. And I I hope it's not the same thing. But honestly, we have no idea. So anyways, Moses Moody starts. And for the first time in recent memory, he's with the closing lineup. Um, He only had eight points in this one. But he was a team high plus 23 in just 26 minutes. And what I liked about it is that he didn't even have the three ball going for him. He made zero threes in this one, which I think is what we'd all agree he does best. He found other ways to impact the game, particularly on the defensive end. Moody's defense on Jalen Brunson was the difference in this game down the stretch. When the Knicks had closed the lead to four, Brunson had the ball late shot clock. And Moody, using that 7-1 wingspan and, and good agility, elevates gets a block on Brunson, leaks out to Jonathan Kaminga in transition, who hits a wild layup and one, misses the free throw, but the lead stretches back to six, I believe, at that point. Next time down, Moody gets another stop, forced. I don't know if he blocked it, but he got a good uh, contested shot on Brunson. Again, shot ends up airballing, and... Um, And then then another uh, Jonathan Kaminga bucket, and the game's effectively over at that point. I think that was when Kaminga had that baseline drive on DiVincenzo uh, and got the and one. And I think the Warriors ended up back up like 9 or 10 at that point. Steve Kerr said, after the game, Moses really stood out tonight. His defense on Brunson, I thought he did a great job defending him without fouling and that Brunson usually gets wherever he wants, and Moses forced him into some tough shots. Kerr always speaks so highly of Moody. It's the weirdest thing how his actions, he just doesn't play Moody as much as he needs to. I get that we have 13 players that need more minutes, but in reality, Moody must play because he's proving that on both ends of the floor, he can affect the game positively. I do like that in this game, no Warriors were over 32 minutes, despite it being a a fairly close game. We're able to keep our starters minutes down, and our starters were great in this one, Um, but those bench units, the bench units with Chris Paul, I guess Clay now too, GP2, even the TJD and Sarich getting some minutes at, at big, as well as Looney, I can list the whole roster, but... Very much strengthened numbers as far as minutes distribution. And I think that's going to pay dividends, especially on back-to-back games, which the Warriors, knock on wood, had been really good on the second game of back-to-backs. I accredit that to very much being able to manage minutes and having great depth. On the defensive note, another game defense really shined in this one. I know the Knicks missed a, a whole bunch of shots, especially early, but we held them under 100 points. In addition to that, we won the turnover battle 11 to 13, uh, big on a night where we shot poorly from three. I think we were only 31%, as I might have said before. So Warriors really starting to put things together on top of uh, consistently being a good rebounding team, which who would have thought heading into this year that would be a top two or three rebounding team despite our size. So we're we're learning more about this Warriors identity as we go. Um, If we can sum it up, right, it's a good rebounding team. It's become a, a top top 10 for now defensive team since Draymond's returned. And I know that even though we're undersized and we have our holes and part of our identities, we're a poor fourth quarter defensive team. We're finding enough ways to to hold the lead uh, in on most nights. And then, you know, instead of being just a Steph Curry dependent offensive team, we're finding new weapons. It's Jonathan Kaminga's emergence it's Klay Thompson shifting to a bench role and being accepting of that sixth man role and really being effective. Uh, what with, with what he's doing with his field goal percentage and just being a great true sixth man in this one, Klay Thompson. He only had 16 points, but he made four threes on 40% shooting, had five rebounds, which was helpful. Um, did just enough with that second unit, uh, and it really seems to be jelling and clicking. I, I love that core bench unit of what's looking like Chris Paul, Klay Thompson and TJD working well together. They'll play Sarge with that because they like Chris Paul on the pick and pop. And then you can kind of insert, you know, your, your Moody, your Wiggins, your GP two, whoever you want at that wing. um, Just or Pajemski as well, just depending on what you need out of the game. So a lot of weapons, a lot of chess pieces that we just figure, have to figure out how to play them on any given night and who has it going. But that's been the Warriors, a strength in numbers team. Hopefully, we're becoming this we-believe team from past eras and and can start making some noise. We're climbing the standings. We're stacking some dubs. We got some momentum going. Let's make sure we don't have a let-up tonight against the Raptors. We got to go all the way up to Canada. Let's get a win, and then we head into perhaps the toughest two-game back-to-back of the season. We play at Boston, and then we have to go uh, back home and play against the Bucks after that. So we'll get there when we get there. But all things considered, let's keep on stacking some dubs, and let's just keep on. Let's just keep on playing a good brand of basketball, and just trust the process. Well, guys, again, thank you to new listeners. Thank you to returning listeners. You guys are uh, what's keeping me going. I'm having a great time doing this, and I just appreciate all of you. Until next time, peace, love, and stacking dubs.